Welcome to another edition of the Senior Old Boys. We are coming to you live from Gus's Fried Chicken, located at 2904 Commerce Street in Dallas. So if you're in the neighborhood, oh, you don't, I guess you're not going to be in the neighborhood once you hear this podcast, but once you well, hear we're it. we're not going to be in the neighborhood. <laughs> Come on by, stop by, and get you some good old chicken. I'm Dwayne Price here with the great Eddie Sefko. What's up, Sefko? Man, it's all good. This is one of the best days of the year because uh, our first day off from practice, mm-hmm. which is always a good day, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the return of the podcast, it doesn't get any better than this, Dwayne Price. It, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. We, as we prepare for another season, we got the junior old boys, Bobby Carella in the house. What's going on, Bobby? Dwayne, there's no better sign that it's a new era than – they're being an off day on the third day of training camp. <laughs> <laughs> it is a totally new just feeling around this place. I love it. And I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Uh, yeah, all right. We're happy to have you. Happy to have you. Happy to have all the guests here in the house today, too. we got a lot of stuff to get, out, get started with because, uh, you know, when you go into a new season, you know, obviously there's uh, some pros and cons to what the uh, franchise did in the offseason. And, and – uh, I think there was a lot of pros that the Mavericks were able to do. I mean, they got some guys in here now that can play some defense, you know. So, uh, Seth Cole, let's uh, that's start off with that. Reggie, Reggie Bullock is a really good defender. And a, he's a 3-D guy, you might as well say. So, let's talk about Reggie first. Well, don't forget about my, my SMU boy, I, Sterling Brown, too. I, I mean, Sterling. also a 3-and-D guy. Right. But, um, you know, clearly the, the – these weren't the sexiest uh, acquisitions of an offseason, mm-hmm. uh, but they might be effective for what the Mavericks need. Uh, you know, the, uh, short of getting a, a third star to go with Luka and KP, what they needed was to get better defensively. Right. They, are, they, they were really not very good defensively last year. They actually went down from the year before to, to 20th in uh, defensive rating last year. Uh, and 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 it was uh, it was clearly evident in the playoffs that uh, they needed to revamp that into the court a little bit. And you know, Reggie Bullock is is a uh, you know, he's a tough guy. He's yeah. going to come in and uh, he's going to want to take the best of the get best guy. And, and you know what? Having him compete with Dorian Finney-Smith to do that job, right? I'm all for it. You yeah. know, you, you, this team will have plenty of scores. We know Tim Hardaway can score, Luca obviously, and KP. So, I mean, get somebody out there who's a little bit uh, not afraid to get their nose dirty. Just yeah. put it that way. Yeah, you got to have stoppers in this league, especially, you know, if it's a close game the last two or three minutes. Uh, it's going to come down to who can stop who. And, uh, Bobby, just, just, just talk about Sterling Brown. You know, what, what do you like about him? Well, he's a guy that can defend some point guards. You know, he's going to be able to defend a lot of twos, some threes, even some small fours. You know, he's, what, like 6'4", maybe 6'3". Um, but he's built like a truck, you know, he's really thick, really strong, and he can shoot a lot, you know, just like Reggie Bullock, but kind of to, to what y'all were saying about needing to get stops. So last season, let's cut 3 and D in half. So last season from 3, when the Mavs shot better than their opponent from 3, they were 33-0, and 0, undefeated when they shot better from beyond the arc. And when they defended at at least a league average rate, defensive rating so game to game whatever it was like a a 111.1 or something like that was the the league average mark when they defended at least average they only lost four games all season including the playoffs right so like we're not asking much here right Dwayne like just shoot it a little better and defend like as well as the average team and they would have won like 80 games last season you know and that's not going to happen this year you know they're going to lose some games whenever they shoot better they're going to lose some games whenever they defend great uh, because they don't just they just don't score enough. But what the Mavs are after is just more consistency. And like Sterling Brown, you know what he's going to give you defensively. You know he's going to make some shots. Reggie Bullock, especially, you know he's going to shoot forty something percent from three or high thirties at worst. You know he's going to be able to defend guys like you know the Lucas of the world, uh, make them uncomfortable. And so you're not trying to climb a mountain in one off season. You're just trying to get a little bit better because the margins are so thin. Like. Eddie, what you were saying about them being 20th in defensive rating last year, you really want to be a top 10 team if you can. That's what your, your playoff contenders, they were only like a point and a half or two points outside of the top 10. They were pretty close to the top five. I mean, like, these are small 
They're trying to take small steps forward. That's the difference between being below average and being very good. And if Bullock and Brown in particular help them get there defensively, then this offseason was a huge success, even though neither of those guys are going to make an all-star team. Uh, you know what else I like about that, what they did in the offseason? I like Moses Brown. I mean, that 21 and 23 game he had against the Celtics, I was watching when he was playing for OKC. I was watching that game. I said, who is this dude? And then I realized he should be able to play for the Texas Legends. <laughs> I had no idea. I think he's going to be a really surprise this year. What do you think, Seth? Well, didn't you play for the Legends at one point? I played about uh, about 30 minutes. Okay. All right, well. Uh, <laughs> Never got that check, though. <laughs> oh, well, well, then you didn't play. <laughs> you need a better agent. The, uh, the Moses Brown thing is really an interesting get because, I mean, I, I don't think he's ready to be a – uh, you know, a, a, a full-time NBA center, but he's so young and he's so big and he's so uh, raw potential is so much, uh, you know, off the chart that, I mean, uh, it's worth a, a, a really not much risk for a possible good reward with this guy. Uh, you know, and if he comes in and, and, and can do what he's occasionally done in the past and on a more regular basis, then, you know, you've found, a you know, an absolute gem. So uh, let's let's give it some time. He's learning from the best. Tyson Chandler is in camp, yeah. and uh, he's 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 exactly the kind of player that that a Moses Brown needs to be like. Uh, with you know heavy on the rebounding and and grit and toughness and def- def- defense uh, and an opt- opportunistic scorer. So let's uh, let's see how that goes. And and I you know I, I still think he's going to have a tough time getting a lot of regular playing time ahead of. Uh, of the the Mavericks, other big guys. Yeah, Tyson's working a lot with uh, Willie Cauley Stein too, who's still I think he's only in his like sixth season or something. So Willie still you know has plenty of room for improvement, and Dwight Powell does too. You know, trying to come back from um, Achilles surgery and rehab and all that stuff. But uh, from your guys' perspective, you know Tyson very well, having covered him both times in Dallas. Right. What kind of like what kind of guy is he? What kind of coach? He's he's sort of just like taking a foray into the coaching world right now. But what kind of coach do you think he could be, based on what you know about him, not only as a player but also as a person? Well, as a player, I, I remember when the Mavericks got him, he was brought in to be the backup to Brendan Haywood, and then he just beat Brendan Haywood out and ended up being the starter, and he really changed the defensive culture for the Mavericks in the 2010-2011 season. And I don't know if they would have won the NBA title without him. I mean, this guy was very active. You know, you know, you know that body type he's got. He's tall. He's lean. He can run. He's very athletic. The lob dunk, he had all that down. A great defender. Great shot blocker. I, I think he's going to be a great asset. Hopefully they hire him. I mean, I don't, it sounds like he, we talked to him the other day. It sounds like he's going to be on the staff in some, in some capacity, maybe as a developmental coach. I like that. I like that. I, I think, and, and Tyson was a great example of how big guys oftentimes don't fulfill their potential until they've been five or six years in the league. I mean, he he had a uh, he was okay with Chicago, for, you know, for for so long, but uh, then he got a little in, banged up. He had some injury problems, but once he got healthy and, and he was in his and he'd been around the block a time or two, you know. He was really, really good, really effective. Not gonna, you know, make the All Star team, but he did make a. Make one. He did make the, the, the uh, defensive player of the year. So, yeah. uh, I, you know, kudos to the Mavs for bringing guys like that back. And I think they'll do the same with JJ Barea mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And uh, you know, it, we'll see how it goes. But uh, hard not to like the the signs that we're seeing out of the Mavericks right now. Yeah. And the final thing, I talked to Tyson on on a Tuesday. Get my days mixed up. And you know, the rumor is that he may come back and sign a 10-day with the Mavericks. You know, he, he'll be 39 years old on Saturday. I said, hey, Tom Brady's playing football at 44. The NFL is a much tougher sport than the, than the NBA. I said, what's your toughness at, dude? What's wrong with you? Get out there and play. <laughs> How'd that go over, Tyson Dwayne? Tyson Chandler's well. toughness, Dwayne, on day one of training camp. <laughs> it didn't go over well. <laughs> He shut me down. Man, I'm not getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of those, you know, those big guys and those other guys, is is there anything the coaching staff you think is going to do different to make this defense 
better or, or you know, to give them a chance to be a little bit better? What, what, what's the strategy going to be like? Uh, you know, and who knows what defensive strategy really looks like until right. you see it. But yeah, yeah. yeah, it's early. I mean, we're only two days in the training camp. And I guess we'll be able to have a better idea once we get our own eyes on it when they had their first preseason game on Wednesday against the, uh, the Utah Jazz. But stuff has to change because, you know, you, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results because the last few years had, the defense hadn't been very good. So one thing that Kid said on Tuesday, my days are mixed up too, man. We got to stop having media day on Monday <laughs> and day one on Tuesday. It feels right. very weird. But um, one thing J-Kid said was, by the way, are we going to call him J-Kid? Are we going to call him Kid now that he's like a, a coach? Or is he still just J-Kid? He's not a kid either. He's a man. Now. Yeah, he's a, he's a grown man, yeah. <laughs> I think the universal coach is the way, way to coach. go. Coach, okay. One thing, one thing Coach Kid said on, uh, on Tuesday was last season – they ranked 29th in deflections and 30th in steals per game. Mm -hmm. And just because you rank higher in those stats doesn't mean you're good. There are plenty of teams in the top 10 in both of those categories that were like 30 games below 500 last season. Right. But what was notable to me whenever I pulled up those lists to look at them was Utah, who the Mavs are playing next week, ranked 30th in deflections and 29th in steals. Oh, wow. So I was thinking, okay, so it's kind of interesting. Utah was, I think, number one in defense last year, maybe number two. But the difference between the Jazz and the Mavs is the Jazz have Rudy Gobert block, protecting block. the rim. Right. And so if you're Joe Ingles or Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell, all you have to do is just do your job, right? Like, mm. don't get burned by or blown by. Just, like, steer your man into Gobert. Right. Don't take any chances. Right. Just do your job. Stay between your man and the basket. If you get beat, Gobert will clean it up. Last season, KP wasn't able to be that Gobert-level rim right. protector, and he right. was very good in 2019-20. Took a step back last year. I don't know if it was the injury injuries. or whatever. Yeah. You know, having no training camp, COVID, all of that stuff all that. racked up. But mm -hmm. if they want to play that way, very conservatively, don't take any chances, then you're putting a lot of pressure on KP to mm -hmm. be the go bear guy. Mm -hmm. If you ramp up the pressure a little bit, you say Reggie Bullock, just go out there, just make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, take some chances, jump some passing lanes. You know, trap the ball handler every now and then. You can force some more turnovers. But then the guys on the weak side better be ready to help. That's like your Maxi Klebas swoop in, right. block a shot. Dwight Powell going to have to step up and make some plays. Right. Uh, and then also they're trying to get better uh, at defending without fouling, which last year they were one of the worst teams allowing free throws. Right. Uh, they gave up so many and ones because, like, a guy's in position, but then he, like, reaches at the last second. Right. Or a guy gets beat and he grabs the jersey, but, like, still mm -hmm. allows him to shoot, so it's an and one. Right. So, like, if you're going to foul, make it count. Otherwise, just defend, you know, with some discipline, keep your hands high, and hope to force a miss. So that's two areas I think they get a lot better in. Yeah. And, uh, and I was going to say, back to Tyson, that's one thing the 2011 team did. They had good perimeter defenders, but if they got beat, Tyson Chandler was there to clean up everything. And, and I think uh, uh, Willie is a, is a pretty good defender, a shot blocker and all that. Now, Moses Brown, he's pretty good. I think he's underrated. And you can't count out Maxi. I mean, you see, you seen what Maxi does on the defensive end. And Maxi had a, he had an off year mainly because he, he was in COVID and he had a lot of injuries and all. He that. lost so much weight from COVID. Yeah. he was like a totally different guy when he came back. Yeah, yeah. And, and you kind of feel bad for him because you know what he can do. But he just, he just, he was not fully healthy. But now he's healthy. I think he's gonna have a great year. Well, you know, this is all well and good, but but we haven't seen this team play anything yet. This is a new team, a new Mavericks era, really. You know, think about it. I mean, this, this is, this is going to be Jason Kidd's – this is his show. Uh, I, and I – you know, I'm, I, when he, they hired him, I said, said that's, that's a logical hire to me. I mean, it was, a, it was one that, that made some sense on many levels. But we still don't know. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is – Jason Kidd has a, has a below 500 record as a coach. Now, that all goes back to talent. Either you have it and you win games or you don't and you don't. So uh, they have enough talent here to win games. That record will be up above 500 before long. And, uh, you know, we'll see, what, we'll see how they play. I do think you're going to see a lot more uh, aggressive defense, trapping. I think you might even see some, a lot of full court picking up. Uh, that's hard to do in the NBA, but I, I think you're going to see it more and more. As you play, as you trap more, though, you run into the risk of giving up open threes, like weak side corner, because guys are so good at swinging the ball now. It's just skip pass, skip pass, open three. And so you have to have 
guys that are engaged, right? Like, you don't want to trap anyone with Luka. You want to get Luka in foul trouble. So Luka might have to play a little bit of free safety. Like, he's going to have to keep his eyes on his head on a swivel and know, like, they're going to give it to this guy. I got to get my butt out there right now, right. you know. So they're going to do a lot more running on defense if you're going to try and force more turnovers, which could lead to more running the other way, which is another thing I think <laughs> they want to do is pick up the pace a little bit because last year every possession it seemed like was – going down to like five six seconds on the shot clock like nothing not enough came easy for them last year so i think producing easy buckets off of turnovers is going to help this team a lot too you are listening to the senior old boys we are coming to you live from gus's fried chicken some of the best chicken in the world can we agree oh i'm, I'm, I'm with you we're at 2904 commerce street in dallas so if you're in the area come on by you can't come by this time and catch us on the podcast, come by next time or come by any time you're in town and get you some of this chicken before Sefco eat it all up. Well, yeah, wait a minute now. He's, <laughs> I got, he's nursing that I got chicken. a much more important topic than anything basketball related for what, you. What's that? What you guys, I'll ask you guys first, what's your favorite chicken part? What's your favorite, favorite piece of the chicken to just uh, gnaw into? Really get good, 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 and good and nasty with it, you know. Uh, the breast. Oh, good lord! Uh, you know, I, I'm. I, everybody yeah, likes a good breast on the chicken, of course. Uh, but uh, you know, I've. You know, normally I'm a leg man. You know, preferably two legs. But <laughs> but, you know, with with chickens, I, I still think a good chicken wing is hard to the beat. Wing? I, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a wing guy, You're I guess. A wing guy? I like flats on the wings. I'm not into like the the drum of the wing, you know. I, I like the flats, but yeah. chicken legs really good. Obviously, I'm becoming more and more a fan of chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Forever, I was just I only ate white chicken meat just because it's a little better for you. And then I was like, yeah. you know, if if it's fried anyway, like let's just go all the way. Yeah. You know, give me dark meat, give me the nastiest, juiciest bits you got. And chicken thighs are just like, they're really, really, really good. I, I feel I like have to apologize to myself for not getting on the train earlier i, I you know it's funny you'd say that because last night i marinated some some a, a six pack of chicken thighs got them all good <laughs> let them in there for four or five hours and all sorts of stuff in this marinade i'm not even sure what i put in there threw them on the grill for for 45 minutes or so and man they were good they nice. were really good nice so uh, i've been ch- doing a lot of chicken it's not as good as a fried chicken we get in here at gus's but it was pretty good. Well, not yeah. much chicken is better than what we get at Gus's, That's is it? Right, exactly. Yeah. That's I why would... we come to the world famous. It is literally world famous. Yeah. All right. Well. And you made it tough on me, man, because all of it's good. I like the legs too, and the wings. That's true. That's a fair yeah. answer. Yeah. But you can change your answer if you want, Dwayne. No, I'm not changing because I like the breasts. I like all of it. Okay. I mean, that's just flip okay. a coin. Whatever comes on, you take heads. I take tails. I still win. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Um, Gus's fried chicken. Speaking of which, the the manager, uh, general manager, Priscilla Roberts, she's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about, I don't think she's going to give us the secret sauce. Well, you know, if she has any, you know, inside info on (laughs) the Maverick players that have come here and eaten, that'd be interesting to know. I would know that. Uh, uh, I'll I'll give her some Mavs info if she gives me some Gus's secrets. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Peel back the curtain. All right. There's no chicken, though, in the Western Conference. There are no chicken teams out here. They're all tough. And, you know, I I brought up the question before we came on on the podcast about can anybody beat the Lakers in the Western Conference? And, uh, you know, because, I mean, let's put it this – let's face it, they loaded up. I mean, when Russell Westbrook's your third best player, you're you're probably pretty good. Uh, well. So, Dwayne, I'll ask you, what – you know, are we just going through the motions for the next six months or can no. somebody really make a run at these Lakers? Not what they owe. You know, you, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but injuries happen during the course of the game. And I, I think Phoenix was able to capitalize, I mean, benefit from the fact that you know, Kawhi got hurt, uh, Jamal Murray was hurt. It, stuff happens. You don't wish injuries on nobody, but that's life in, in professional sports. It's going to happen. So, uh, having said that, I think Denver's pretty good. And I think Golden State, with Clay Thompson coming back, they're going to be pretty good. And Wise, Wiseman coming back also. So, I think those two can make a run at it. And uh, – I don't know what the Mavericks can do until I get out there and see them play. You know, yeah, they may not be scoring 110, 115 points, but you don't need to. At the end of the day, if you score 98, the other team scores 97, that's just as good as a 151, 152 game. So that's how I see it. 
I think Denver's the top dog. Denver's the alpha. I think they're just if Murray comes back like quick enough and can play, you know, can can sustain through the season. And then I think Phoenix is right there again. Although, you know, I'm I'm not like injuries guy, but like last season Chris Paul was extremely healthy, and if he has any type of setback, then then I th- I I mean we've seen how good Phoenix is without Chris Paul. Like I don't think that they're they're going to be up there. But uh, Denver and Phoenix, I think, are the two best teams. And then after that, I think it's super wide open, super wide open. The Mavs. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Denver and Phoenix are the two best teams ahead of the Lakers? Yeah, I think so, yeah. What about the Warriors? The Lakers don't have any shooting. They just don't have any shooting. No one can make a three on the whole team. Like, their best shooter is, like, LeBron? well, Wayne Ellington. Well, first of but, all, I mean, <laughs> Wayne Ellington hasn't played meaningful minutes. It's, like, 2017 or something. I mean, like. Oh, you got them ahead of the Lakers? Oh, yeah. Denver and Phoenix. (laughs) Denver and Phoenix are the two best teams of the West. I want some of it. Whatever it is, give me some. I think even and now you know the the playoffs is different than the regular season. If we're talking like regular seasons, whatever chances. I mean, the Lakers are going to take a lot of nights off in the regular season because they got a lot of old guys, a lot of old guys. And uh, I think the Mavs could win more games than the Lakers. I think the Warriors could win more games than the Lakers. I think maybe even. Hold on to your butts here. I think maybe even the Clippers can win more games than the Lakers. Oh, they can't. Yeah. Kawhi going to miss the first half of the season. They they almost went to the finals without Kawhi. Kawhi going to miss the half. Come on, Bobby. I don't, listen, know, I, I don't know. I'm, we, I'm, we all, I'm not trying to be. Drugs. I'm not trying to be a shocking, shocking <laughs> Andy over here. But like, I I think like, I think the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get home court. Oh, okay. I would be surprised if the Clippers end up in the play-in game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers missed the play-in completely. Like, yeah. you know, because Paul that George too. will have to be amazing for 82 games. Hey, he's not going to be amazing. But if he if he is, he's then not. you know, but he might not be. And you know, but he's like, never been amazing. I, I'm just <laughs> not. I'm not super high on the Lakers through the regular season and even into the playoffs, just because there's a lot of old guys, not not enough shooting, and not enough defenders to like. LeBron is starting to slow down a little bit. Russ has is not really a very good defender. Anthony Davis is, but like Melo, Kendrick Nunn, these are guys like all throughout the roster that are supposed to be super important to that team that just aren't very good at three or the D. And so it's like, well, so what are you doing? You know, I don't know. It's gonna be tough for them to score a lot of points. I think. I first of all, uh, let me just you know, you're, I think you're <laughs> off your rocker because. Uh, Phoenix had their one window. That was their window last year. Everything <laughs> broke really well for them. Yeah. That was their year to, to take advantage and get make some, make some noise, and they did. You know, they got to the, they they had a great run. Dang near won the whole thing. So kudos to them. But they're not going to be anywhere close to that this year. Uh, I mean, I love DeAndre Ayton, but I just don't think he's he's going to be the as good as he was at times in, in, in the playoffs last year. Uh, so anyway, I, I, and you're right, Chris Paul is—he's an injury waiting to happen now at his age. So I still think, believe it or not, if you said I can have Golden State right now, uh, that'd be my team that I could—I think might have a shot to put the pressure on the Lakers because they are so good and so skilled, uh, and and they're not afraid to play defense. They've got some good defensive players. Now we don't know how Clay's going to come back. Uh, you know, well, we saw how Dwight Powell came back last year, and it was uh, tough for him. It for was, it, but, months. It, but but Clay took off the full year. I mean, he's been out way over a year. So, uh, you know, and that makes I'm convinced that makes a difference. Guys always want to come back fast. Wes Matthews came back uh, too quick, and he dragged that leg around for a, for a full season. Dwight, the same thing. I'd rather see guys take that extra six months. And then get back and, and be, have at least a better chance of, of being them old, their old selves, but I like the I like the uh, Warriors. I think uh, if they're healthy, they're really good. Uh, the Lakers are, are right there, and then everybody else is fighting for third place. Uh, well, all right. Well, who we got in the uh, Eastern Conference? Is it is it the Nets? Forget everybody else. You can just sim the season in the East. Yeah. It's the Nets. It's the Nets. There's no chance that anybody. I mean, unless someone gets hurt again, mm-hmm. but like. James Harden could not move. Kyrie didn't play, and the Nets still should have beat the Bucks right. last year. And yeah. like Giannis is on a mission. Like I, I think it's it, you don't even have to think about it. It's the Nets. So, so are we saying that the uh, the, the Nets going to win it all? Then since you went that, you don't even have to think about it because if they get out of the East, the Mavs would beat the Nets, but every other team would lose to the Nets. <laughs> 
The Mavs did beat the Nets in, in, in that twice. Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, what do you think, Sefco? Is it that the Nets, uh, Philly has a chance, the Boston has a Come chance? Come on, man. Indiana Pacers. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I, be, I, lo- I, I love Rick, and I think he'll do, do a good job there, and he's got a little bit of talent to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to be able to come up with a, with a quirky pick um, you know, I do think there are some teams that are going to be a lot better. I think Chicago's got a chance to make a big jump. They do. I, yeah. You know, I think uh, Miami's had a bad year last year, but I, they, they have enough ability to, to, to make noise. Boston, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a big uh, Boston fan. I just don't like the – you know, their players are all really good, but there's no great one there. Uh, I, don't know, I keep coming back, though, I mean, they are the defending champions for a reason. The Milwaukee Bucks are not going to be pushovers for anybody. You know. Well, you know what? If Kevin Durant was size 16, instead of size 17, they would, the Nets would have beat them in the playoffs in that seven-game series when Durant hit that shot at the buzzer, and we all thought that was a game win, a series clincher, and it went in overtime, and they lost. There are a lot of outside forces that could – have a lot of effects on the Nets season, though. So it's like it's not it's not as simple for them as it is for most other super teams, right? Because like, how many games will Kyrie play this season? Are we talking about the vaccine? Yeah, and with or without the vaccine, even like mm. he missed a lot of games last year for mm. a lot of reasons. Yeah. Harden misses a lot of games. KD has missed some games too. So like, I don't know, but I think that last year, do they have home court against the Bucks? They ended up being like the third seed, right? I think Brooklyn did. You talking about Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, it was game seven. Was in, it was in Brooklyn. Remember, everybody went crazy. Was that game seven? That was game seven. The KD okay. hit the shot. It went Interesting. Overtime. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if, like, we're trusting Dwayne on this memory thing. <laughs> yeah, you remember the fans going crazy? <laughs> I got a couple of senses left. Yeah, I, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for them, like, I guess are, if – are they good enough to where the regular season doesn't matter, or do they need a high seed? No, nah, like, they're good enough. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Well, here's the thing. Since you brought up the vaccine, you know, unless something happened in the last hour that we don't know about, Kyrie hadn't taken a vaccine. And, of course, the uh, state of New York, you can't be in a building, what, 12 years older or whatever it is, unless you have the – unless you've been vaccinated. So that's 41 home games he's going to miss, I think. If he if he doesn't get the vaccine, how's all this going to play off? You think at some point he's going to take the vaccine and all that? Because the NBA, I think, put something in a place where you're not going to get paid if you miss the game because of vaccine. In his case, that's like four hundred thirty-two thousand dollars a game, or as much as Sefco make a year. Well, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think this is just me, and and I think. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of run counter to the to the norm sometimes, but I'm I'm just thinking Kyrie's going to suddenly have a revelation and say, "Oh, you know what? I think it's the right thing for me and my family to get vaccinated, so that you know, you know, because not not because of, of my job, but because it's the right thing to do." Yeah, yeah, okay. That's Seventeen million dollars a year. Uh, that wouldn't do and, well if they have home court advantage in the playoffs and he's, he's, not, he's not able to play. Well, and I don't think, yeah, work all, work all year to get home court and not have <laughs> one of your best players on yeah. the home court. Exactly. So, but, you know, teams that are traveling into Brooklyn mm-hmm. or New York to play the Knicks, mm-hmm. you know, if they've got a, an unvaccinated player, uh, especially, I mean, not, I mean, I'm talking an impact player, then, you know, they're playing and they're – he putting themselves be to, behind the eight ball. He won't be able to play. Is you know, that right? Is that the way that works? I, you know, he, I can't imagine a player playing without knowing that he's not going to get paid for that game. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I mean, do they have to – the visiting team, do they have to get vaccinated yeah. when they go to Brooklyn? Yeah. So, it's so like Andrew, Andrew Wiggins will not be able to play in New York or at home either. Well, at some point, then we're going to have 100% players uh, vaccinated because he can't come in the building. Well, right. they would just stay at the hotel or – whatever or yeah. not go on the trip well that's crazy yeah and i mean they would surrender a game check too i mean that's basically what it would be wow and so like you know i'm assuming Kyrie's probably the highest paid player that hasn't gotten the vaccine but yeah if he's given up three four hundred thousand dollars like 32 a game i think you know, yeah, i think but you're right taxes Eddie. it's only about I, I think i think i think he'll do a little more research pretty quickly here and realize that it's the it's the right thing to do yeah. same with wiggins 
Um, the interesting thing about Golden State is if Wiggins misses games, uh, real an uh, analytics people would say that that actually helps Golden State. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, moving right along from that. Since, since now we got the Nets. Who you got in the finals? Phoenix? The Mavs. The Mavs. Um, but no, no, I, th I, think, I think Denver. I think Denver. The Nets and Denver in the finals. Yeah. Oh, old school, ABA days. Nobody the ABA. Yeah, I've, he heard, of the, I've heard tell of the ABA. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know what the ABA stands for. He thinks it's you know the the, the awesome uh, basketball association. <laughs> it right? was awesome. It was great. You know what? My first pro basketball game was the ABA. I was in college in San Antonio. I used to go watch the Spurs all the time, man. Mine was the yeah. Dallas Chaparrals, which were well, the Spurs hey. before the moving to yeah, San really Antonio. Really aging yourself there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, the yeah. only. All, the only thing uh, worse than growing older is not. Yeah, true. You know what? True. I, I'm going to tell you this. I remember when the ABA and the NBA merged, 75, 76, somewhere up in there, and how the NBA fans used to talk about bad about the ABA. You know, look at them. Got that red, white, and blue ball. All they do is romping down the court, jack up three-pointer, they don't play no defense. What has the NBA become? Romping down the court, jack up three-pointers, don't play any defense. The red and white and blue ball. It's the money ball during All Star Weekend. People complain about the modern NBA too, though. <laughs> I tell you what, it wasn't very good when the Pistons were doing all that beating up folks and all that. Yeah, the ratings were bad back hey, then. Hey, I, I covered the Houston Rockets for a dozen years, <laughs> including their two championships, and and it came up yesterday at practice. Okay. Uh, you know that series against the New York Knicks. When nobody scored over ninety points until the you know a couple of the games at the end, oh ninety five. That was the biggest, the OJ uh, series, the ugliest. It was the OJ series. <laughs> it was the ugliest series in maybe in history. Mm -hmm. And then of course they changed the rules because that was the series. Kenny Smith got pushed around with the hand check by and Derek Harper, and Derek Harper put him wherever <laughs> he wanted to. Kenny Smith was gone. He was lost. Hey, Akeem had to t pick up that team, mm -hmm. and uh, and he did. Um, but that was funny because we were talking about rules changes yesterday yeah. uh, at the arena, and, and uh, that came up, and Jason Kidd said it didn't affect me, but it sure as heck affected Derek Harper. They should have made that the Derek Harper rule because he, I mean, he was steering people wherever they want, he wanted them to go. He steered them in that direction because you could do that. That was the rules back then, and they took that away. I wonder how much hand checks would affect Luca. Like, probably not too much. Like, he's so big. Yeah, he'll, he'll adjust. He's a, yeah. He is a big guy, but. You know, I yeah. they're rude, they'll just. I don't want to see guys kicking out that leg anymore, though. You know, drawing that non-basketball foul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, I think that's that's a good rule for the league to. Uh, the one thing that they're on. doing that I think actually legitimately could affect Luca is they're they're saying that they're going to start calling uh, guys who have the ball. Like if if I'm the guy, if I'm the ball handler, you're the defender. And I'm like driving past you. You can sort of have your hand, kind of, because like I've turned my body. You can sort of have your hand on my hip, you know. Um, Luca and a few other guys, but predominantly Luca is like the master at it. With his offhand, he'll like swat away the defender's hand. They say they're going to start calling that a foul, and if that's the case, Luca could be in trouble <laughs> because it's going to be, you know, he he does that like 30 times a game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, we're joined now by Priscilla Roberts, the general manager of Gus's Fried Chicken. She's going to give us the secret chicken <laughs> recipe. Priscilla say, what? <laughs> Tell us about this fine facility and uh, how you have this place packed all the time. Hi, everybody. My name is Priscilla. Uh, Gus's Fried Chicken has been around for probably about 60-plus years. Started in Tennessee in Mason. Um, it is one of a kind. Truly, you cannot find any other chicken that is going to be cooked the way that we do it or, or find anything that's the same spice. So it is uh, definitely something that is unique. Uh, and we have been in Dallas for a year now. This is our week anniversary, uh, or excuse me, our year anniversary this week. So come on out, check us out. It's been a year already? A year Man. already on the 28th. And, uh, <laughs> and you guys, and you guys kind of did it the hard way the, the the virus was still you know kind of a, a big thing yes. still is but uh it's it's 
terrific what you guys have done here and of course the food is off the charts i'm so glad y'all like it yes it, it's been it's been a struggle it still kind of is we're still dealing with a little bit of a pandemic stuff you know shortages on different things and supplies but i mean what helps is that we have a really good core um, and our owners really kind of push through for us and they make sure that they can take up as much as they can off of our plate so that way we can deal with everything else but yeah it's been it's been fun it's been a lot of fun this year okay <laughs> we had a debate while ago on which is the best piece of chicken on the chicken what's what's the best part of the chicken i'm gonna say i'm kind of biased i like the breast but i also like the thigh i, I like a little bit of both i like a little bit of both but that breast you can't find a juicy breast like that anywhere <laughs> Dwayne immediately said chicken breast eddie was like uh, well, the wing I, I, the I, leg and, I, and i'm a leg man i like two legs usually yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that joke wasn't, wasn't, no, wasn't even funny. that that's funny that's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what we really want to know is, okay, can, can you tell us which Maverick players have kind of snuck in here and uh, take you know maybe gotten some, uh, some good I have not seen any. I'm going to be honest. I have not seen any. And, you don't have to cover really, up for them. But really, and then with most people wear masks, so you really can't tell a lot of times who's coming in. Um, so I haven't seen any. That's not to say that they haven't been here. We did just recently do a, um, a dinner for Pitbull's crew when they had their concert out here a couple weeks ago. So that was kind of cool. He got to taste our chicken. So hopefully we'll be moving up the ladder in uh, the Latin music area as well. Yeah, maybe Richard Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. When we go to Memphis, oh man, it's like crazy. Yeah, so oh, when, yeah. when we when we go to Memphis, uh like after the game, usually teams will have like salmon catered or whatever, but in Memphis it's just like a giant giant bucket of Gus's fr- like yes. there's like all, it's like a hundred piece for the whole team it's awesome oh yeah that's awesome yeah, so I know we, gotta, we have we have catered a, catered a couple things at the stadium during a game I'm not sure who exactly it was for but I'm hoping that hey everybody's getting to try it because that's what we want we want everybody to try it everybody to come down and check it out one if the Mavs start getting it at home games then we could get into it too after you know, hey we could, we could, I got you whatever left. you need yeah. just let me know <laughs> well this is it's awesome, and uh, I, you know if I get to be uh, 300 pounds by eating this one, yeah, that's fine. It's worth it. Hey, we'll start a workout group together just for all the Gus's yes. patrons. <laughs> chicken, the sides too. Oh, the sides are, are great. Mine are my favorites are the mac and cheese and the greens. That's my go-to sides every single time. And then you know a little bit of pie afterwards doesn't hurt. A little chocolate chest pie. <laughs> All right, Priscilla, but we appreciate it. No uh, problem. We will be back. All right, thank you. (laughs) Okay, thank you. That's Priscilla Roberts, the general manager of Gus's Ride Chicken here in uh, Dallas, Texas, 2904. Commerce Street. You ever in Dallas? Stop on by. And right in the middle of Deep Ellum, too. So right if you're ever Ellum. out, you uh, you know, there's a lot of places to imbibe around here. Right, right, right. Before to, to what? Or, imbibe? That's oh. a word, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't drink. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't drink okay. anymore. I don't drink any less either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, before, it's always good to, to load up your belly before, or maybe you're done and uh, you're a little hungry. Come by. It's like it is in the perfect area. It's mm-hmm. right right next to all the bars, right next to all the, the venues if you're going to concert or whatever. It's a, it's a great spot down here. All right. All right. Uh, before we close, we got to talk about who are you guys' favorite to win the MVP going into the season. Who's your, who you got? Who you got, uh, Sefco? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't, it's, it's a little early to start, um, you know, being, you know, on top of every detail about MVPs. But you know what? I, something tells me that it's going to come down to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And because I'll tell you why, because there's too many things that can go wrong. Steph Curry, huh? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah. What I, I say? I thought you said Steph. <laughs> Me too. Uh, he's good. But he's, he's good, but he's, he's not MVP worthy. Sorry. Uh, but you know, the the Nets have so many potential problems. They're going to need one guy to. I think he's going to have a big numeric season. I think he's going to pile up the numbers mm-hmm. uh and then of course in in golden state if they're going to be good Steph, steph's going to have to he's going to have to be great yeah and uh and you know those are two marquee teams obviously they're going to win a lot of games both yeah. of them 
Uh, I'd like to throw Luke in there, and in fact, I, I will because I think he's. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to go better. The Mavericks have to win more games, first of all. Right. Uh, and then you know how he works with with Luca. I mean, with uh, KP is going to be. That's going to tell a lot about everything this year. I mean, yep. those two guys have to uh, get some some chemistry and some synergy going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if that happens, Luca could be right in the conversation. What do you think, Bobby? I don't know if there's room in the top four for both the Mavs or the Warriors. I think maybe only one of them can get up there in the West. Uh, but the team that does, if either of them do, then I think it'll be Luca or Steph. Mm-hmm. Just from, uh, I mean, last year Steph almost won it, and they finished what ninth. Or tenth, yeah, and he finished like second game. or third in voting. Right. Um, so I think it could be Steph. I think it could be Luca if either of those teams surprise people and finish like second or third in the West. Um, KD, I'm with you because Kyrie and Harden. There's always weird stuff going on with them. Yeah. I mean, there's always weird stuff going on with KD too, but it's like an online weird, not like a real weird. So I think KD could uh, could average thirty a game. They could win sixty games, and and it could go to him. I think voters will probably be bored of. Like, they'll be too bored to vote for Jokic again, just like they did with Giannis. You right. know, like, mm-hmm. repeat winners are kind of boring. So right. I, I'm, I'm going to eliminate both Giannis and Jokic unless one of those teams won, like, 70 games or something insane. So I think KD is, like, the safe bet. Well, the safe um, thought. I don't want to say the, the B word. Um, and then Luca, Steph. And if it's not one of those three, maybe, like, Embiid. But otherwise, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be one of them. Well, that's what I got. I got KD, Embiid, and Luca, and I, and I like the fact that Luca said he don't care about that. You know, he wants to win. You know, and if you win, then all this other stuff comes along with it. You, you're going to get uh, MVPs and first team All NBA and stuff like that. I mean, the that, the one year Dirk won MVP was like his worst productive season. It was only like 24 points, eight rebounds. He should have won it the year before. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was kind of awkward. I too. am surprised. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers getting no love. They got too many the old guys. Well, uh, well, old guys. We like to call them experienced and, and veteran and and and, and savvy and oh, distinguished. Right. My bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think like okay? Let's say let's say, class. let's say the Lakers win like fifty six games and they finish second place in the West or something. Like they have a like a really good year, not like an all time great year or anything. There's good. You have LeBron that averages like twenty three points, eight rebounds, eight assists. AD averages like 26 points and 11 rebounds. Russ averages like 18 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. Like, who gets the MVP from that? It's LeBron because he's like the alpha of the NBA still, but like, I, I don't know who the most important person to that team would be. It, it would be, of course, it's LeBron. That's, this is going to be his parting gift. Even though AD is like their best player probably now. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. But, but, None of it works without LeBron, and if yeah. if they do win that many games, it's going to be because he's kicking some tail. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how many minutes he played because I was counting me among those who were shocked. It was his team in the All Star game, Team LeBron, and he didn't even play the second half. You know, he just say, "Let these young guys do it." You know, I'm gonna rest my body and all that. And I think we're gonna see some of that this season. He'll be 37 years old in December. He can't play 35 minutes anymore. He just can't. His body's going to break down. I mean, he's been doing this since he was 18 years old. Spent over half his year playing in the NBA. This is a young man's game. If it was an old man's game, Michael Jordan still be playing. And Kareem. Tom Brady, too. <laughs> yeah, probably him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting race. And like I said, I, I like the fact that Lucas said he didn't particularly care about it, you know, because in, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you want to win the title. You know, that, that's what Luca wants to do. And I think this – I really think the Mavericks going to get out of the first round of the playoff this year, finally. They were close. They were up 2-0 in the Clippers last year, then 3-2. Coming home, should have won game six. And the question is, will they get out of the second round of the playoffs? Would, would a second-round appearance – qualify as a successful season, Dwayne? It has to because she hadn't gotten out of the first round since 2011. So See, I don't think fans are going to look at it that way. I well, think, fans never well, You know, they want – of course, they want the, the ring or nothing. Right, right. But, uh, you know, and it, this team – but you do have to take steps. You can't just take the shortcut and right. expect it to work. Phoenix is the exception. Last year, everything fell – Perfectly for them. Right. Uh, that ain't going to happen again. No, no, not going to happen. Not gonna I mean, happen. like the Warriors in 2013, they went to the playoffs. They won a series. They went to the second round, lost. 
Next year they come back, 2014, they lose in the first round, mm. fire their coach, get a new coach, and then they break through. But they had some failures before that, right? right so, right. like, you know, maybe the Mavs break through and go to the conference finals or all the way to the finals. But, like, they could be great this year and still lose in the first round because, like, what if they play the Lakers in the first round? What if they play – what if somehow they are, like, the 4-5 and it's, like, them in Denver? Like, mm, right. they could have a really good season and still lose in the first round to a, a team that is better than them. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what would constitute a success, but somehow, some way, you have to find a way to win at least one series and yeah. then give it, you know, give them hell in round two. Well, then, you know, the sample size is a lot, a lot of us, well, a lot of people don't remember. Michael Jordan didn't win until, what, year seven? And they were making the playoffs and kept losing to, to Detroit, Detroit or Boston and all that. So, you know, you got to take steps. I mean, it's a process. I mean, nobody's just going to come in there and, bam, just going to knock your head, everybody's head off and win the title right away. you, you got to go through a process. If you don't want to meet up with Denver in a 4-5 matchup, don't be 4-5. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they got to get home court. And, and the Mavs have to learn how to make home court count, too. You know, two years in a row with sort of middling home records, got to be better there. Got to be better at home. And that's kind of the – I mean, if they would have been better last year at home, they would have won the championship. Like, exactly, yeah. they couldn't lose on the road. They were <laughs> unstoppable. But at home, they, did, they couldn't win a game. Dwayne, yeah. how many years have we been saying that? I know. Yeah. It's been a long, long God, time. It has hey, been a long time. You know what? They used to be really good at home. They used to be kicking butt at home. And then all of a sudden, and they couldn't win on the road. Then they flipped. It was like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know? Like, you, you're trying to win all these games in the regular season, get a home court advantage, and it's a home court disadvantage. It didn't make any sense, you know. And before we leave, though, we got to talk about uh, Porzingis. I mean, he's coming off of his – this would be the first time coming to a season since the 2017-18 season where he wasn't coming off of surgery or wasn't rehabbing something. He is completely healthy, and I just really think this guy is going to have a, a, a bang-up, breakout season and just going to be the guy that, you know, made the Eastern Conference All-Star team in 2018. Your thoughts, Eddie? Well, I agree, actually. Uh, you know, Dwayne and I don't agree on much in life. Uh, but uh, on, this, on this point, I, I think the guy is motivated. Uh, Tim Hardaway said it best. He wants to prove everybody, if, if they do think this way, he wants to prove to them it wasn't a mistake to bring him here. You know, and that, I don't know that a lot of people think that. I think people respect the numbers he's put up. He just hasn't played enough games. Now, he does have to prove he can stay healthy. Right. You know, he can't play 67% of the games, which he's done pretty much since he came to the Mavs. Uh, if, he, if he plays 70 games, it's going to be a great season for KP. Right. I'm more impressed, like, by his attitude than anything. Um, he just looks like – he just looks so happy, right, and so at ease. And I know that that doesn't – you know, it might not mean anything, but to me it means a lot because, like, Based on the way last season went, especially in the playoffs, for him and the team, KP is very aware of how people feel about him, you know, and, like, yeah. how Mavs fans feel about him, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he took a, sh a lot of shots up over the offseason, and frankly, I mean, kind of rightfully deserved. He, he didn't produce, and the team lost. But whatever. Instead of coming in with, like, a chip on his shoulder and just being a real, like, this year's going to be different, I'm the best, whatever. Like, he just seems just real, just relaxed, real positive, real optimistic, real, like, comfortable. And that matters a lot. And kind of to the whole team, it matters a lot to me at least. And the whole team, like, still early. They haven't played any real games. They haven't had a three-game losing streak or anything. But, like, the whole team seems happier than I've ever seen them in my whole time being around here. Like, everyone just seems – like a weight is off their shoulders, even though they're playing under all these expectations. Like they just, they seem free. They seem happy. They seem just very relaxed. And, uh, and that kind of stuff matters a lot, I think, because Luca talks about it. KP talks about it. If everyone is miserable, no one's going to have each other's backs. And right. KP is the kind of guy that needs people to have his back because a lot of people hate him so much, you know, right. but like if this team can rally together, I think it's going to pick him up and you know, they'll, they'll all be fine. Should we break into Kumbaya before we adjourn? Hey, man, I mean, you know, Good. we, we might we getting... might should. Like, they just seem very happy. And that, dude, like, they've all said, like, we have to come together. Like, we can't hate each other. And last year, I know Immaculate Vibes, like, a whole thing. But, like, dude, they were so 
mad all the time last season. Yeah. They just they did not have any fun at all. Right. And and this year they've already had more fun in two days than they had in <laughs> six months. You know, and, and that might be insignificant, but it might mean a whole lot. All I know is KP, and uh, when he got hurt in the playoffs, not this past season, two years ago, his last game was 34 points and 13 rebounds against the Clippers. That's the guy I'm expecting to show up this season. What happened in the playoffs this past season, he did what he was told to do, you know, standing in the corner or whatever it was. I didn't, I didn't understand it, but that's what he was told to do. So you can't fault him. I mean, if the coach tell you to do this, and that's what you have to do. Otherwise, I want to see him in a series against a team that doesn't have Kawhi guarding him. I, yeah. I want to see what he does. Hey, I, the coach tells you to run the give and go. You run that you run stuff. You go. know, even though yeah. you know it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. But just run it anyway because he told you to do it. But like I say, he got thirty-four and thirteen. He had a whole lot of stretches before he got hurt with the Mavericks. A lot of twenty-five and ten games. I mean, just go back. And I just think when this guy's healthy, you're gonna see another guy, a next level. I mean, if you can get him and Luke on the same page. This is an entirely different team. They're already on the same page. Last yeah. year, they were like the number one pick and roll duo in the league. I mean, they're like they're unstoppable. For KP, a lot of it comes down to like how consistent can he be from three, and then defensively, can he protect the rim? Can yeah. he be twenty nineteen twenty unicorn where he's blocking two three shots a night and yeah. you know striking fear in guys, and it's not just a layup line to the yeah. rim. And some of that he's going to need guys like Reggie circling all the way back to the beginning. Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown, Frank Milikina. Yeah. He needs better help on the on the perimeter to to where he's not having to clean up thirty five spills a night, maybe only fifteen, and then he can he can suddenly you know lay it all out there. But but I don't want him shooting threes. I want him down there on 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 the box somewhere because he's seven three. Is only what two guys in the league or three it's guys space on the floor, man. You pull him away from the rim, mm -hmm. it just wide open driving lanes for Luca, especially mm -hmm. if he's playing power forward mm -hmm. with Powell or Cauley Stein down there too. Like you don't want to cramp the lane. You want to make it easy for Luca. Yeah, he mm -hmm. said that on media day. He said uh, he doesn't want to clog it up and, and make it harder for Luca to find his spots and mm -hmm. harder way to get in there. Mm -hmm. But he does want to spend some time down there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. And he's going to shoot three. It's a disservice to him and the team if he's not shooting some threes. Because well, he he's too trail. good. Them, them trail threes, you know, we run down on a fast break and he's a trailer, just throw it to him then. Yeah. I, nobody, will, nobody will ever be able to do that like Dirk did. That's it. him calling me right now. I'll get back <laughs> with you later, KP. Anyway. Anyway, any, any parting shots Name before dropper. we close out? <laughs> uh, my parting shot is eat Gus's fried chicken. Yes, and I can't. I can't wait to do that in about five <laughs> minutes. Uh, I would say eat the sides, and I still say get the wing. It, it's the, the wing here is done better than wings anywhere else. I don't care where where you mention. Well, Priscilla Roberts, the uh, the general manager of Gus's, she said the breasts. And she also said, uh, what was it, mac and cheese and the greens. So that's exactly what I'm getting ready to go get right now. My mouth is watering <laughs> already, Dwayne. All right, thanks, folks. And we'll be here every week. We're going to do this once a week. We're at Gus's Fried Chicken 2904. Carmen it's going to be once a week Dallas. here? Once oh, a my week, God. Yeah, once the season started, <laughs> we got to get rolling, man. Back to work, man. Uh, so uh, you guys have a great week, and uh, make sure you uh, pass the word around, uh, listen to the podcast, and, and we'll be here, like I said, every week. Have a good time. Bye-bye.